Quite a shocking advert, that, isn't it? I remember watching it a few years ago and thinking, whoa, what's going on there? And what was it that shocked me about it? I think it was the way we saw adults behaving, but also more shocking was the impact this was having on the children with them, seeing children copy that behavior, obviously not having a proper understanding or questioning the damaging nature of their behavior in lots of those examples. And what this advert really did or made me think about how our behaviors and values really influence other people, impact those around us. And I think often we don't always realize the impact of our behaviors, what we do and what we say and what that can have, the impact that can have on other people. One of the most prevalent uh, values that there are in our society at the moment is you can do whatever you want provided you don't hurt somebody else. I hear that value uh, quite a lot going on when people are doing things. It's fine, I'm not hurting anybody. But what we don't always realize is that even if we're not hurting anybody, is what impact, what are we saying about our way we're behaving to those around us? Because what we do and say impacts people more and in ways that we can don't always see. That advert focused a lot on the negative side of things, but positive behavior uh, can have a similar impact as well, I believe. But I just wanted to show that advert because I really wanted to get us to think about our behaviors and really emphasize the importance of what we do and the impact it has. You know, as a dad, I certainly don't want to be modeling bad behavior to my children. But it's more than that as well. I don't want to be modeling bad behavior to the world. I want to be modeling something different. And this sort of idea of influence is at the heart, I think, of that Bible passage we just heard Judy read for us. And in it, Paul reminds and encourages the church to live for a different way to model their behavior, not on the patterns of the world, but on being citizens of heaven. And as we read it, two questions came into my mind. What type of person or what type of people are we allowing to influence us? What type of person are you allowing to influence you in your life? And the second was, what type of influence would you like to give to the world? And there's some challenge and some encouragement in these verses. If you have closed your Bibles, I'd love you uh, to open them again. If, you, uh, if that's helpful to you, it's on page 1180. We just go through uh, these few verses here. And the first thing Paul says in uh, these verses is, Choose to follow the example of godly people. And I was going, growing up, uh, I used to go through different phases of my life, idolizing, probably a slightly too strong a word, but looking up to various uh, different uh, groups of people, footballers, uh, film stars, 
actors, uh, also people I knew in and around the community around me, both those inside and outside of the church. And as a grown man now, having looked at all the different things and copied behaviours from different people, the ones I'm most thankful for now of their influence and what they taught me was those in the church. But looking back, I don't think I realised the impact they were having on me at the time. But they were the ones that really cared for me and wanted what was best for me, even if it was difficult for them. They didn't just want me to be with them because it suited their own worldview or their own behaviours and supported them in that. They generally, genuinely wanted what was best for me and helping me grow to be the best that I can be. And it wasn't always easy. They stood by me even when I rejected them. I wonder if you've got, had people like that in your life. In this section in verse 17, Paul begins by urging the church to make a choice of who they're going to allow to influence, who they are going to look to for guidance. And he's saying, look, Paul's saying, uh, look to people like me. Imitate and copy the example of people who have Christ at the center of their life. There's a recognition there right at the start that other people uh, have influence over us that we ourselves look to others and are influenced by their behaviours. We end up copying them and maybe even taking some of their values on board. And Paul is saying, make that conscious choice to, if you're going to do that, to look to somebody who has Jesus in their life, who is following him, who are sold out to God. Look to Paul and others like him, he says. And I don't think Paul is saying this for his own ego, but actually for the opposite reason. We've got to remember some of the things we've been looking at in this letter of Philippians. He is saying, look to me because I have Jesus at the heart. I'm someone who has met him, whose life has been transformed, and who's trying to figure out the difference that that makes in, uh, in my life. And I'm wanting to share it with others. Remember, Paul has lived a life previously uh, where he's tried to do things in his own strength, to be uh, looked up, admired, to be righteous in, his own, uh, in the world's eyes through all that he's doing and, and in God's eyes by earning it. And now he's calling that way of life, he called that way of life garbage. Actually, a much stronger term in Greek, but we won't go into that again. Compared to knowing Christ, he is now living with an attitude fully sold out to Christ, and he wants to influence uh, the world and have others know that glorious news compared to what the things that the world has on offer. Growing in faith takes great effort and deliberate choices. Uh, Paul knows it, and he's encouraging the church to make that conscious effort and choice to continue going down that path. What effort can you make to look more towards Jesus in your life? Who is the godly example in your life that you are looking up to? Is there someone? Can you spend more time with them? 
There's terms in the church like mentors or spiritual directors, people that you can look to, ask questions of faith to, and allow to have a godly influence over you. Encourage you to make sure you spend time thinking about that and spending time with people like that. If we're fully sold out to Jesus, I believe we can be a positive impact on the world. At the end of that video, there was a short clip of a guy bending down to help somebody, somebody being a good influence on the world and his child helping. We can be a huge positive impact on the world if we model ourselves on Christ and his example and his way. Go into that in a bit more detail in a moment. But let's just turn to what Paul turns to next. And the second thing I think Paul challenges us about in this passage is why we shouldn't uh, simply follow anybody's examples. Or as I put it, we shouldn't follow others' examples with closed eyes. One of the things Paul is particularly eager for people not to fall into the trap of is looking up to people who aren't reliant on Jesus in their life. Let's sort of unpack that a bit about what do I mean or don't mean by that. Well, I don't mean that people that aren't, and Paul doesn't mean I don't think, people that aren't Christians aren't able to do uh, good things that we can admire. I'm often uh, humbled by loving acts that people outside of the, the, the church do for others. I think, but I do think what Paul is getting about is being careful not to idolize and copy and look up to people who aren't reliant on Jesus in their life as a whole. Because that mentality is totally different from the Christian mentality. And if we do that, we can often find values that aren't from God creeping in to our thinking and way of life. Behind the presenting action, there can be values that are void of God trying to think of a good example of this, and the person that sprung to mind uh, was David Attenborough. Much loved and listened to. Hands up if you like David Attenborough here. I do too. He's done some really wonderful things uh, for our planet, hasn't he? We've learned so much from him about the natural world and does great things for uh, with well, the blue planet thing and all the, all the plastic that he really brought to the uh, public's uh, conscience really over the last year or so but I'm sure you don't I'm sure you all know this but David Attenborough is actually not a Christian and his care for the planet is because he thinks it's evolved into this beautiful thing and he wants to look after it because once it's gone it's gone there's no hope and he wants to look after it for children's sake he doesn't believe in God and is actually quite active in supporting people that are trying to take Christian material out of schools when it comes to creation and things like that. Wonderful man, many good things, but behind some of his things are values that I as a Christian, they, they go completely against the Christian worldview. We can look to him at one level, but he's not somebody to model and copy and take all those values on board. I think that is what Paul is getting at here is be careful who we look to and copy 
there can be people perhaps in our workplace as well who we look up to or think are good at their job and we can maybe learn things from them. But we also need to be thinking about the values perhaps that they have. Do they care about others in the way that we are challenged to care for other people? Do they drop people or use people for their own benefit in a way that perhaps God wouldn't want us to? This is the type of carefulness that Paul, I believe, wants in the church. And what I think we need to be careful about as well in all the different influences and people that we look to in our life, constantly asking ourselves, is this God's example or not? As I said before, uh, Paul said, things that are outside of Jesus, all the accomplishments we can have are rubbish if they're not with Jesus at the center. He had that life before, to be good, to be upright, to be learned, respected, and wise in the eye of the world, desperate to prove himself worthy to others, in front of others, and also to God. And meeting Jesus, he realized that life-transforming news, that actually we don't need to do anything to prove ourselves to God, or to others, because we are loved by God already. And Jesus proved that to us by the cross. We are loved because we are loved, because we are loved, not because we need to prove it or do anything. And to live lives out of that security is totally transformational looked at Jesus' example when he came down to earth. God himself coming down to earth. And what did he do? He didn't seek to grab authority or power or prestige for himself, but came to love and to serve and give up his life for us, to use what he had in service of others, to be a good influence, to bring transformation to the world. Jesus' example, that way, has brought the biggest transformation in the world that there has ever been. After Jesus, the world has been totally different and totally transformed in an incredible way. And that is why I think the way we behave and the way we act is so powerful. We can, uh, yeah, we can know that the way we behave and we act can have great power in the world because of Jesus' example. He lived differently, and look at the difference that has made. We have the ability, if we follow Jesus and trust in his example, to influence the world in an incredible way in those that we meet and those that uh, see and hear us see what we do and hear the words we speak, if they are full of Jesus' life and love, they can have a massive impact in the world. Just want to say a couple of other things before I finish, but I don't know if you noticed, uh, 
Patrick mentioned it a bit early, but there's really sort of uh, emotional, caring, and compassionate language used in these verses. For those that uh, don't know the power of Jesus in their lives, Paul is moved to tears for them. In verse 18, he says, I have told you before, and say again now with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I think Paul is moved by tears to them because he's passionate to see people. He wants those that don't know the power of the cross of Christ to come to know it and to know Jesus. And he says that phrase, their destiny is their destruction. I think sometimes we can get, um, don't like hearing words like that. But when we hear them, we do need to, to just remember a few things. You know, the Bible talks about there being two kingdoms, one with God and one without God. And to be with God, it's through Jesus. We don't earn it ourselves. That's one of the key things of this whole letter of Philippians. Uh, being in God's kingdom is not brought about by earning ourselves or trying to prove things or, or grab things for ourselves. But it's about trusting that in Jesus and what he has done on our behalf. We're not good enough, but what Jesus has done is more than good enough for us, and we don't need anything else. We're not superior to people that don't know Jesus, but we're supposed to have compassion for them, to live in a different way so that they can see the example of Christ in our lives. So, he, so yeah, there's that for those that don't know Christ. But he also ended, didn't he, by saying, My brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my crown and my joy, stand firm in the Lord this way, my dear friends. Paul is pleading with them to live out this way of life, to go on following the example of Jesus in their day-to-day -day life because it is important. Because what we give has the power to influence and change people. I heard at uh, a funeral I did uh, a little while ago now. I can't remember, I don't know where this quote was from, but it was in one of the uh, eulogy poems that was read out. And it says, The value of a man is not seen in what he owned, but in what he gave. It was the funeral of a man who was actually uh, quite wealthy. And. Um, his family, uh, it was one of his sons that was reading it out. What he was saying was that he didn't look at his dad and value him because he'd been successful in his life. But in his eulogy, he went on to talk about the time, the love, the care, the values that he had instilled in him. That's what he measured his dad by. And that, I think, is ultimately what the world <laughs> actually will value and see in us, not what we can earn or grab for ourselves, but in what we are willing to give and share. And that is the attitude that God wants from us. I started by asking sort of two questions. What type of person or people are you allowing to influence you? And what influence would you like to be in the world? I'd just love you now to maybe spend a few minutes thinking about where perhaps are those areas in your life 
where you need to live more following God's example? Who can you look to? Who can you spend time with to have a good influence in your life? And maybe think about, are there people where you could positively influence as well? If you're somebody that is already sold out for Jesus, we are called to be citizens of heaven, as Paul says. Verse 20, but our citizenship is in heaven. We need to remember that and live as citizens of heaven, not as citizens of the earth, but live God's way with the incredible power that comes with it to transform this world more and more into the world that God wants it to be. Our Father in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done. Let's live it out and consciously make the effort to do so in our lives. Amen.